Before we start the show, just a word from our sponsor, Undeniable Press. For all your screen printing needs, located in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. If you ever need any t-shirts or any other little promo accessories, posters, or whatnot printed up for you, go to Undeniable Press. They're located, once again, in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. And you can uh, reach them at facebook.com slash undeniablepressdetroit. And those same guys who do Undeniable Press also have a clothing line called 20 by 20 Apparel. It's very much wrestling themed. All sorts of nostalgic themes in regards to the history of wrestling. And you can go check out their clothing line at 20x20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20, apparel.com. Now let's start the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh is the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. This is episode 90. It's with a good friend of mine. This week's guest is the Detroit born and raised DJ and producer, Sinistar. While his music is centered in drum and bass, Sinistar definitely flirts with sounds and tempos influenced by a wide array of music that he celebrates. Currently living in Calgary, Sinistar is enjoying over a decade now of touring as a DJ and releasing a variety of projects on labels around the world. During our interview, we talked about some of his new and upcoming releases, his beginnings and his progression as a music producer, the current evolution of the drum and bass genre, and all sorts of life lessons as being an independent artist. So let's get to the interview with Sinistar. Cool, man. It's nice to talk with you, man. I definitely wanted... Yeah. You're somebody I've always wanted to, like, interview for one reason or another, but it just never happened. Yeah, but for sure. this is the perfect time, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, you've always been somebody... You're Okay, first off, you're, like, one of my favorite people to ever come out of Detroit, like, the music scene, just as a person. You oh, always, thanks, man. You've always been a cool person, always had his, like, head on straight. You know, you are always have, like, a positive attitude. And then you always, you always, um, you're always like, the, you're on the short list of people that I always look to to see who you're playing, who you're listening to, because you always like gave me really good recommendations on, on people out there that are making some good music. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so like, I feel like, like I want to talk about a lot of stuff that you've been working on, just a lot of stories about things that you've done in the past. But I feel like at times, because there's some like definitely some questions I need to ask about like things that 
you know, how you perceive things in like the electronic music scene and everything. So at times this interview might turn into like electronic music therapy session. Oh, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all for that. All right. So, um, so, so these days, you know, what are you working on these days? Because I know you're always like have an, a, re- a release coming out. You know, you've always been sort of under the radar, but always like sort of coming out with stuff. Yeah. Um, right now, I have a, quite a few things. Like um, one of the recent things that came out was a uh, tw- like a seven, a seven inch for um, this Italian label called Beat Machine. And um yeah, that just came out. Um, do you know uh, Omnet? Yes. Yeah, so he did the remix on the other side of that as uh, his other alias. He does like footwork, kind of ghetto techie stuff as uh, Philip D. Kick. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did the remix for that. That just came out. Um, I just had something come out today for. Um, do you know Contact, uh, Ethan Holvin at all? Ooh, it sounds familiar. Okay. He's from Detroit, but he lives in Brooklyn now. But he put out a record on uh, Styles Upon Styles, and um, yeah, I did a remix for it. He asked me to do a remix, and yeah, that, that's on, that's out today. Um, yeah, I did, um, yeah, I've been doing a bunch of stuff, like me and uh, Zed Bias have been talking a bit. So, oh yeah, fresh. Yeah, we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens with that. And um, After all these years, Zed Bias is still putting out amazing shit. Incredible, his new album is just like, the, the best thing walking right now. It's like just the summer, everything. Like, yeah, Selecta is fire. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, other than that, um, I'm working with Stingray still. Like, we're still trying to knock some stuff out. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of like where I'm at right now. Um, I'm getting ready to go to China in uh, a couple weeks here. Um, I'm doing a release for their... They they basically have a, a night in Shenzhen, um, which is like right across the river from Hong Kong. Um, yeah, they they're starting a label and they asked me to do like the first release for it. So I'm gonna be finishing up a second track over the weekend and That's getting fresh. that. Yeah, yeah, getting that set to go, and then uh, yeah, just getting ready for this trip for Asia. How did, when did you, you know, first start getting into like making music? You know, what, what was that, you know, sort of, when did that initial itch come? Um, high school, definitely. Yeah. Like, um, I was always, I was like always listening to the radio and always listening to like, you know, mix shows and stuff like that. Um, I didn't know the first thing about DJing or anything like that, but, um, I've always been, uh, kind of getting into instruments and playing piano and just being around music. So that just kind of prompted me to see if I could make it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like the first, I'd say the first couple years of high school was kind of formative in knowing what I liked, what I wanted to make, and then kind of going from there. Um, yeah, and then it just picked up, and so especially the last couple I'd say the last half of the my, my high school years, uh, it was definitely about drum and bass and jungle and all that stuff. So I was I, I nosedived into that and then yeah, that was like pretty much it. And then in college it was like do I go into, you know, 
do I make more music or do I keep DJing and that type of stuff? And yeah, I just broke down and like did it. So. <laughs> what was um, specifically what was some of the music that you're really into when you first got this itch to start making music? Um, house and techno specifically. Yeah, I came from that realm, so it was like a lot of the Chicago stuff, like dust tracks and tracks records, and and um, I went to school with uh, Derek May's cousin, um, and he put me onto yeah what Derek was doing a little bit more with like Transmat and all that. He used to give me CDs that Derek would give him, so he just hand those over. <laughs> so yeah, I would just. Uh, sit and listen to those and study those as much as I could. When did you, you know, when did you uh, first start it? Like, what was it that, about, like, sort of drum and bass and jungle that got you into it? You know, who were some of the artists that you were looking into, looking up to at that time? Um, first one was Goldie. And it's funny because I didn't listen to Goldie. I saw him on a movie. And I was like, who that dude? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this guy's very engaging. Like, I want to. I'm interested to see. Uh, like he's, he's acting like crazy right now. So, right. <laughs> so I was like, I need to find out who this is. So I did like a bit of research and all that, and then found out he made music. Heard that, and I was like, ah, this style sounds familiar because I was hearing it. Like I was listening to drum and bass and jungle. I just didn't know what it was called. You know, cats would play it on the radio. You, you, of course, you would know. Like the cats would play it on radio and stuff like crazy here. And right. In in like the ghetto tech sets, but. You know, I just knew it as Ghetto Tech, right? I know it as, like, a, there's a name to it. And then looking more into it and kind of, like, goes into, like, uh, an era of, like, representation, right? Like, all the people that were into or making Jungle or, like, founding it, they were all black. So I was like, oh, this is pretty much a parallel, kind of a parallel universe in a sense. <laughs> it was, like, um, yeah, it, it was dope, like, just witnessing that, you know, it kind of went through the same movement to where it was kind of grassroots and it just blew up and got, got bigger and bigger. And then I started to hear a little bit more that London was like influenced by Detroit and there was like a big bridge there. And yeah, it, that kind of all fell into play that way. So yeah, it was like Goldie and, you know, Fabio and Groove Rider and, uh, more recently, like D Bridge, those cats have been like people I've looked up to. So, didn't you didn't you eventually release something on Goldie's label? Yeah, I did in uh, 2011. Um, yeah, it came out on a on a 12, and then yeah, pretty much set the set the pace for whatever I had coming up next. When you know, when you when you started like you know, kind of doing this deep dive into uh, drum and bass. And realizing that, like, oh, these are all, you know, there's a lot of these black artists that are doing this music, you know. As a black man yourself, man, like, how did that feel to see that there's, like, other, you know, black guys doing, you know, this type of music? When, at the time, a lot of the, you know, techno and stuff was going this way where there was a lot, it was getting more infiltrated by white people and Europeans and stuff like that. When, originally, it was a black art form. Um, it felt like I could do it, <laughs> you know, because a lot of people, I mean, what was the stereotype, right? Like techno and anything that's not hip hop or R&B was just white people's music. Right. And it was like, well, digging deeper, it's like, well, no, it's 
it's infinitely black. Like, that's how it started, you know? Um, so, yeah, digging deep, like, digging into that more, I was just like, and, then, and to find out that those people are still around, it's not some sort of, like, weird legacy where, you know, these guys have started it and then a whole different race of people took it over. It was like, no, they're still here and they're still functioning and they're still successful. So it's like, hey, maybe I could do something with that. <laughs> yeah. During this whole journey of like sort of figuring out, you know, what you wanted to do in regards to music, was there a time when you just sort of realized, hey, like I could probably do this for a long time? Um, I think it was after that Metalheads release. That's when it happened. I was like, oh, because I mean, there was a few other layers to that too. Um, right when I, I think a few months before that record came out, or no, a year before that record came out, um, I went and played four Metalheads in uh, down in Miami, and the night before, uh, Goldie had played, and he ended his set with um, the Toonie Sign to like, you know, a thousand people in like a room. So I'm sitting there front and center hearing my tune and hearing this guy that, you know, 10 years ago, I just found out who he was to play in that. And I was like, ah, I see where we are now. <laughs> yeah, like I, I see that we can, uh, yeah, I can keep going with this. Yeah, it must have been like an amazing sort of full circle feeling that happened at that time. Oh yeah, I was falling. <laughs> I was definitely crying. I definitely <laughs> lost it. I was like, wow. I don't think I've ever had that situation or, you know, I've never felt that overwhelmed, you know, like for anything else. But that particular moment, I was like, wow, like I did that. <laughs> I feel like all these years that you've been uh, putting out records, like in comparison to other people that have come from, come from here in Detroit, like you've like sort of, had this own like this sort of unique path where it's been very under the radar but at the same time you're very well respected amongst the people that would be your peers in all these releases you know sort of how, how, how do you feel you were able to you know go through all of that and just sort of continue on having release 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 by release without sort of you know over hyping yourself um just to keep working keep my head down like just keep knocking stuff out, keep making things, um, keep talking to people. You know, networking is kind of like a big deal for me. Just to be in the same room as someone and not talk to them is kind of strange. <laughs> or to just talk about yourself so much. <laughs> so right. I would like to, you know, to get to know the other person. And then we find out that, you know, we know the same people and so on and so forth. And yeah, you're really good yeah. at that. You're really good at talking with people. Yeah, I, it's just, you know, a natural thing. I just was like, hey, <laughs> oh, you're here? All right, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, yeah, like I said, lots of focus, I think, lots of discipline on that. So it's like I can go out, talk to people, or stay home, you know? I, people were telling me about a million shows tonight, even being in Detroit, and I was like, I am home. I, it is the weekend, but I got to work on some music, so... <laughs> I'm going to stay home and do that. So, yeah. And also help too, like me being at home. Um, the airport's like 10 minutes away. So if I'm traveling out, then, yeah, my main focus is getting ready and then taking the quick the, the quick hop, skip, and a jump to the airport, you know. Right, right. Yeah. 
I feel like with like a lot of the music that you uh, do, it really isn't sort of tied down to one genre. When you kind of think of, there's a lot of people who, that sort of hop on from wave to wave to fad to fad, sort of leave a, leave a style that they were doing behind in the past, and then they might come back to it later, but it just seems like they're like riding a bunch of different waves. But you, you just kind of like keep it loose, you know? What's your idea about you know, the music that you make? Um, I try to make it a mix of things um, when it's like, you know, be it arrangement or uh, melodies and so on and so forth. Uh, and I, I try to keep it around the music that I listen to, like since I've been listening to music. <laughs> um, so it's been like, you know, lots of house, techno, hip hop, jungle, drum and bass. And that's like, you can mix all those together, you know, if you take two of, or if you take two out of the five I mentioned and then try to make something out of that, you can make something. So, and they've all been around for a really, really long time. So there's tons of things that you can pull from or tons of things that you can get inspired by. So, yeah, that's like kind of how I keep everything fresh and keep everything moving. So, yeah, but that's like more or less like how I think about um, things without giving too much away, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> like you mentioned earlier, you're going to be going to China. You do a release there. Um, you've yep. done releases and played at you know parties everywhere. Like, why do you think you know these places like to book you? You know, what is it about you that in your music do you feel like you know adds to what they're trying to do? Um, ah, that's a good question. I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I. You know, I'm making what I make truthfully and without, uh, yeah, any BS. So, you know, <laughs> I guess they uh, they pay attention to that. So it's good. Yeah, you seem like a person who's, like, easy to work with. Like, you know, and I know you said that uh, networking is very important to you. You know, how, you know, how important is it to just, like, be easy to work with but still, you know, make sure all the business is take care, take care properly? You gotta make the business easy too. Definitely have to make the business easy. Even like uh, one big thing too is uh, like bookings, right? Like for um, DJ sets and stuff like that. Um, it's interesting because I have, I guess the scene for especially the US, like drum and bass scene, they don't really adhere to agents. Like they don't like booking agents a lot. You know, <laughs> if they do, They'll go to like the big, the top tier ones that, you know, these guys have been around for 20 years. They automatically assume that they have an agent and go there, right? So some of the people that are kind of new and et cetera, et cetera, you try to approach them with that um, and they freak out. They're like, yo, like, I'm not shady. <laughs> I'm like, yo, no, it's not like that. I'm like, I'm actually like really busy and I can't handle this myself. So like, I have a person that deals with that and yeah, it's a lot easier that way, but um, yeah, I think handling that or at least having somebody that's easy to work with, you know, having someone on my team that's easy to work with is very important. So, For, you know, any up and coming DJs who find themselves with opportunities outside their own city to travel to DJ, you know, what advice would you have to them? You know, what sort of obstacles always kind of sort of present themselves? Um, get rest. 
Yeah. Get sleep. Do that. Drink water. <laughs> yeah, that, those are two really big ones. Um, I would say try to keep an open mind, too. Because you never know where you might end up. And, yeah, if it's, you know, if it turns out to be kind of weird or... Or if it turns out to be the best time ever, it's like the fact that you walked in not knowing what to expect is uh, is a good thing. For yeah, yeah for anybody who's like uh, who's also, you know, just starting out with you know, playing around with making beats or making music, you know, what sort of advice do you have to them towards you know where they should go in in regards to just sort of finding their sound? Um, that, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I've tried to look everywhere. Try to see, you know, read a lot. I read a lot. I like, you know, I listen to music constantly. I've been keeping like a music journal. So anytime I hear anything, I like write it down. So I'm like, I can like reference it later if I want to like listen to something or go down a rabbit hole with music and stuff. and. Yeah, just try to document as much as you can, honestly. Um, if you're like writing music or if you're even DJing, like keep a list of things, you know, things that work together, or things that might just inspire you. So find inspiration. When you were sort of coming up, was there anybody that sort of acted as sort of a mentor towards you? And what did, if, you, if so, like, what did you learn from that person? Um, the two people I know that put me on the most were from uh, Toronto. Um, one of them went by Mutt, and the other one went by Gremlins. And they, those two were, um, yeah, they, they basically started sending my music out to like everybody and they were already in big positions anyway they uh mutt was with fabio and groove writer and all those guys um well on fabio's label um he put out this uh drum and bass track called um hot lick squeeze it was r.i.p j dilla that was the name of the tune okay and basically had a hip-hop intro and then went into drum and bass and then yeah that was like it, I have to send it to you. It's an incredible tune, but that's how I first got a hold of them, and then I started hearing more, and it was like samples, and they were like samples and all sorts of stuff, just from really really popular hip hop tunes, and yeah, he flipped things like I've never like heard before, and then like Gremlins was on the you know more jungle and like uh, kind of darker drum and bass tip. And yeah, I was listening to a lot of that at the time. So, uh, you know, and then uh, I think Gremlins came and played. He played at Necto for New Year's. It was like 2006. And that was the that was the the time I was like, you know what, I need to start like making this stuff. And so I just got in touch with them. And yeah, I started sending him things and they just pretty much, you know, they enjoyed it. And they started sending it out to everybody. So I looked up to those two pretty much. I try to stay in touch with them as much as I can. So. Yeah, early on, that was definitely the two people I was like, yeah, you, you two have helped me out like exponentially. How important is it to sort of have those people that are a part of like the music scene to sort of have that sort of sense of community with them? You know, how important do you feel that is? Um, really important because it, you can't do it by yourself. <laughs> like it's not, you, a lot of people can say that, but I mean, I make the music myself 
you know what I mean? Like, but to have a second ear, second opinion, or like, you know, a person be like, nah, that's, I don't like that, you know, not yes men or anything. It's like, I can't send my stuff out to like everybody because they'll be like, oh, it's sick. <laughs> I'm like, ah, that's not what I'm looking for. Right. <laughs> it's like, yo, you know, I need someone to be like, hey, can you fix, these, you know, you need to fix these drums or get rid of that melody or like do something like that, you know, or like, hey, this needs to be mixed down even on some like rudimentary stuff like that. So it's like, yo, you need to just make it sound better. <laughs> yeah. So you, you need people like that around like as much as you can, you know, to, to keep you on your feet and you have to trust them. And, you know, I try to trust people that I have, you know, not only a good rapport with, but like, uh, that make really good music or I feel it makes really, that make really good music. So yeah, you get to bounce it off of them or, yeah, kind of built from there. So, gear-wise, what do you use to uh, make your music? Um, I'm on. I'm kind of in the box right now with the, like a laptop. Um, I've got my little sound card because I travel so much, so I'm like pretty mobile. Um, yeah, and then usually when I'm back here, I have my DX100 here with me. I've got like a Mackie, like my Mackie setup, uh, Tascam mixer, stuff like that. Just really basic setup to knock out some things and then get some mixed downs together. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, I like using a lot of hand um, handheld items, a lot of like handheld drum machines and like um, little like rhythm synthesizers. I don't know, do something. It makes me feel like I'm playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm messing with like synths and stuff. So. Yeah, a lot of records been made made off of like just messing around with yeah regular synths and stuff or just handheld synths and things. So, yeah. all right, this is where like the first part of like my electronic music therapy is coming in right now. Okay, um, okay for you know for a while I've you know DJed here in Detroit here and there whatever. And after a while, I just got really bored with it because I was just like doing these hip hop shows and I'm just kind of bored with it. So I was, you know, trying to figure out what I want to do next. And if I want to do something next, I, I got to be like, be able to have fun with it, you know? Right. So like, I always like wanted to at least just kind of like sort of make my own stuff, you know, you know, play around with beats or whatever. Right. So here's where my like, here's where my like frustrations come in. Okay, recently I did buy um, uh, the, the machine micro too. Okay. So I have one of those. And in sort of like, I've like started like, you know, checking out tutorials and stuff. Here's where my problem comes in. I feel like a lot of the tutorials, even as basic it is, comes from a, uh, an idea where people have an idea of the type of sounds and instruments that they want to use. And then when you go in there, there's like a ton of already preloaded shit in there. <laughs> like, yeah. and it's overwhelming to like, w like, so like for someone like me, who's very frustrated now about where to start in regards to the sounds to use, what the hell should I do? Um, start building your own library. Like do make a bunch of folders, like kicks, kick, no, make a folder that says drums, right? Yeah. And then just throw a bunch of drums in there. Make a folder that says synths, throw a bunch of synths in there. Like make a folder that says effects, throw a bunch of effects in there. Anything you find on the internet or like sample packs or like things you buy, you can buy sample packs, all that stuff. 
or build your own library. Or first. should I just sample from records and stuff like that? Do that. Do it. Like get some samples. Like yeah, throw it into a folder. Like just make sure everything's like separate, and then you can go down the line and start building off the stuff. And if you find things that you can find samples you like a lot easier than flipping through thousands of preloaded samples and effects and things like that. So, I mean, and then later on down the line, you can take a look at those. But I mean, how I did it or how I learned was just how to build your own library, you know, just figure it out from there. Yeah, because that was like the one thing I'm just like, okay, um, okay, I'm seeing all these things in the tutorial to sort of learn how to use it. But I'm like, there's all this fucking shit in preloaded in there and I don't know what I want to use (laughs) it's daunting man yeah I know exactly what you mean like um even yeah even with the machine I mean I love I love using mine like I have an mk1 but um yeah like when they load it up when you load it up it like has the whole arrangement and all that yeah it, it can get daunting but I'd say the best thing to do is definitely find as many sounds as you can and just build your own library and then mess with those sounds and then start getting into the other styles of uh or the other presets or packs or whatever so right when you first started learning did were you just trying to like were you trying to emulate anything that already existed or were you just kind of like dicking around with you know sounds and stuff i was definitely trying to like make us make styles that emulated the records that i was playing so when I was making house and techno, or when I was playing house and techno, I was trying to make house and techno and do little edits here and there. And then when I got into drum and bass, or when I mentioned Mutt and Gremlins, like those were the two people I was like really looking at, especially Mutt, because he was doing the sample thing. And I was like listening to tons of hip hop at the time. And, and I, yeah, I just learned how to like flip samples and yeah, and find the right sample that would sound good over a jungle break or find sound good over like a hip hop beat or things like that. And so he, uh, yeah. So basically I just kind of built it from there and yeah, it, it turned into, you know, samples turned into tunes and tunes turned into releases and <laughs> yeah. So on and so forth. Yeah. Shit happened. <laughs> yeah. It happened. Yeah. It happened. <laughs> for you know for a long time you've always been someone who's always sort of recommended me like really cool shit that like maybe i wouldn't normally like get around to seeing like in other in like your regular places and a lot of it's been like sort of like drum and bass stuff or stuff adjacent to it um what I, like what I love, and I was mentioning, and I was telling you this at, at the Movement Festival, is I love that shit right now where it's like these guys that come from a drum and bass background taking the drum and bass elements, but making like sort of the hip hop type stuff, beat type totally. stuff. I love that shit. Yeah, man. That's like, and it's funny because of the people that I know that, you know, that I mentioned you, like Ivy Lab and Alex Perez and all those guys. They all came from drum and bass. So like straight from Ivy Lab, I've been writing music with for like eight years straight. Like we we put out records and stuff like that. We did a thing for Lacoste for the shoe, and like we like made the track, and then it came on this little USB that came with a like the label that put it out had um, a limited edition shoe, and yeah, we we did that, and 
we did a couple other releases and they were just like yeah they were hype on it so um you know for him to switch over to that style was not surprising because he was always big into hip-hop and we always used to trade like other styles of music and he used to put me on the stuff and i used to put him on the thing i used to teach him about detroit really and you know put him on to like some kind of detroit deep cuts may not be deep cuts to a detroiter but it's definitely a deep cut to like a londoner <laughs> so yeah and then uh yeah alex perez is another one too and that, that was kind of a big inspiration not so much kind of musically but he was young when he came like when he like broke through and i was like pretty young at the time i think my first record was uh i was 22 yeah so brett was like the big kind of motivation like hey it's your age bro he's close <laughs> so you can do it <laughs> you can definitely do this Jumping bass was always sort of like one of those genres that was like one of those like underground movements that most of the time never really got the respect that the artists wanted and sometimes a lot of the purest of it can be a little bit much about what comes and goes into it but when you yeah. have when you have artists like um you know Ivy Lab and and Alex Perez and stuff like that sort of progressing it into these different forums do you think that was a much needed change for the genre yeah, I mean, like, there's so many different subgenres of drum and bass and jungle that a lot of people don't necessarily know about. Um, and now this, the new one is called Halftime. So that's like the new style of it. And yeah. Yeah, I think it was definitely needed, um, you know, as with any as with any like scene and or any like style or any subgenre like that it's gonna get sort of oversaturated um but at the same time there's still like a good gatekeeper there's still good gatekeepers involved that are like putting out or kind of setting the bar <laughs> for like everything so you know a lot for a lot of people to look at um yeah those guys are definitely the 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 top of the benchmark on that you know they they set the they set the precedent constantly so it's not you know i guess for drum and bass there are a lot of there's a lot of um uh i don't know how to put it gate yeah i would say i mean gatekeepers as well but it needs to be kind of watched a little bit more because there's like and it doesn't open up the field as much to new talent. I think as of recently it's been happening, but yeah, beforehand it's just been like, yo, uh, you know, you're this artist A is, you know, A-list artist up here, and then if you're new, like, good luck. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, and that was, a, that was a part of the electronic music therapy session that I wanted to bring up, and you actually kind of brought it up is like, and you brought the word gatekeeper, is that for a long time I felt like something specifically with a drum and bass is that like sometimes when you have like these gatekeepers specifically on maybe a local level, that yeah. they can be a little bit much, a little bit a like too negative <laughs> about shit. And yeah. it almost is a bit off-putting to people that want to sort of dip their toes into it or even just right. enjoy the scene. 
and it's just a little off-putting, and I'm like, I'm like, am I crazy? Is it, is, is it just me, or is this something that actually exists? No, this is like everywhere. There's always that one person that's like, or you know, like I'd be DJing and somebody's like heckling me to play jungle or play drum and bass, and it's like, um, yeah, I'm getting to that. <laughs> I'm like, how would you calm down and sit over there? Um, so yeah, there's there's always that person. There's always that one person that's just like, oh, you know, this isn't the real sound. This isn't real that or the other. And it's like you ask them if they put out a record, or you know, played a gig out of state, or you know. Uh, done a radio interview or done an interview like this talking about your discography or your whole like trajectory it's like no they won't they don't have anything to say you know like they've been around for a long time and I always respect that you know but I always have like utmost respect for that because they were before me and I pay attention to that and I recognize that but you're not making that you're not making this inclusive you know like this dance music supposed to be like for everybody. <laughs> it's like you're making records or you're playing records or whatever. It's like if you want to, I feel like if you want to, you know, be like that, it's like you might as well just be playing in your bedroom and complaining on the internet about it, you know? Right. Yeah. How do you sort of like swim those waters if you're somebody that like sort of feels like, hey, this, my, in my city, like this scene doesn't seem inclusive but I want to do what kind of what they're doing. You know, how do you swim those waters? Um, I still try to stay in my lane, honestly. Like, there's only so much you can tell them. There's only so much you can, like, you know, there's only so much you can give or so much of yourself you can give to that particular scene. So, um, yeah, without obviously stepping on toes or not even stepping on toes, just, like, I don't know, just being able to stand on your own feet and, you know, say, hey, like, I'm doing this, that, and the other, you know, like, let's all cohabitate. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's, um, it's interesting to swim. There's a lot of, uh, I guess where I am now, especially in uh, being in Calgary, like, it's a big festival scene. You know, people are basically making music and kind of, like, getting their footing to play these festivals. They're not necessarily, I mean, they're playing out of, they're not necessarily playing out of the country, but they're playing, yeah, these things. They're traveling around and doing that, probably going to the, like other countries, maybe, but for the most part, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to swim those waters, as you said, <laughs> uh, mainly because, uh, yeah, you're just trying to find your own voice and then, you know, make sure you're not, I don't know. That, that's a, yeah, it's an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, like how, do you, like how do you like sort of find your own voice while trying to find out, find that lane where you'll find fans and get acceptance somewhere? Um, yeah, it just, you just said, I do it. <laughs> just do it. In the words of Big Sean, I do it. <laughs> um, yeah, you just do it and then see what happens, really. Like, I, I can't really um, say I've done this, like, not, I haven't done it strategically to where I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this, that, and the other. These people will like it. I will be everywhere, you know. <laughs> it's not like finding it. It's like developing it, you know. 
it's like, oh, you know, I just build, like, you know, I'll make it to, to send it around, test it out. And I never know, you know, even early on when I was making, like, liquid drum and bass and all that, the least the people I least expected to like certain things, like, ended up loving it and, like, putting it out. So, like, oh, okay. Like, even, like, my Metalhead series is a big one. It was, like, you know, the tune was, like, didn't sound like anything that was on the label at the time and Goldie loved it so I was like hey here we are (laughs) yeah I was yeah I didn't pay attention to so much um trying to gain acceptance but it was just like hey I'm making music like check this out so sort of in like the realms of uh electronic music these days how do you feel like is the best way for people to get their name out of there out there to people when like We've gotten to a point where, you know, stuff online is being sort of bogged down with new algorithms where you have to pay to get placement on mm. certain platforms and stuff. In certain, certain circumstances, we're going back to, an, you know, the old days of, you know, street, you know streetwise marketing and, and flyering and having to have a street yeah. presence, you know. Sort of, yeah. you know, what's your idea of what you need to do these days to get your name out there? Um... So it's funny that you actually mentioned flyering and street teaming. I used to do that when I was about 16, but it wasn't for like raves or anything like that. It was for movies and for different things. I just got interested in it. I was like, how do I, cause I, I was, the first movement I went to was like 2002 and yeah, I just got like so enthralled with that. I'm like, yo, how do I, how do I figure this out? Like, how do I get involved in like, you know, a scene? I really like this music, and I definitely want to like know more and be kind of on the cusp of what's coming out. So one of the things that were offered a lot by a lot of the labels were being a part of a street team, and so I just did a little internet research, looked up some street teams, and then. Got, went from there so that's kind of like how I built my whole networking thing and there's this site called Soul Cool um, S-O-U-L-K-O-O-L and it was basically a guerrilla marketing uh, firm okay. out of New York and they did stuff like Cowboy Bebop the movie they did uh, um, one of the Diesel Boy CDs like, but I was like part of the team and I was the one that handled this area essentially this region of, <laughs> of yeah, their marketing. So, okay. um, yeah, they hit me up and they were like, hey, can you send this out, MySpace, da-da-da. So, um, yeah, I did it that way. So to, like, answer, answer your question, um, I would say try to network with people so much. Not so much post everything all the time, like, about... Like, I'm on Twitter, but I post, like, really stupid quips and things like that. Like, whatever. But just try to talk to people as much as you can and send the music. Don't try to play the, oh, this isn't out, this isn't released. Like, you may have their ear for, like, two seconds. And while you have that ear, like, just send them as much as you can. Like, DJ Shadow hit me up, um, like, sometime last year. And I was just like, you know what? Like, here. Here's a folder. <laughs> you like this tune? Okay, here's a folder. I'm like, 
I still have yet to hear back from him, but I'm sure he'll get around to it. And when he does, then that's that. <laughs> you know. So I mean, but the fact that he heard something from me, and you know, I was able to at least reach out to him and say, "Hey, here's more." You know, that's just that's what it's about, really. Just like networking, kind of building that realm. So, you know, for anyone that's like wanting to get more into it, I would just say, yeah, talk to people. Talk to everybody. You never know. I heard this really. I heard, heard this really interesting idea on this other podcast. Um, this DJ um, had this idea where, um, in regards to networking, the stuff that you were sending, saying the sense. Um, you know, people tracks and everything, where they were like, to, you know, when you meet people, meet other DJs, send them a track that they can use that will sound like um, something that they can use, or even rework one of their tracks. So it would be something different that they can do during their sets, you know, and it was a very interesting, even if you have to make something on the spot um, after you meet the uh, person, like make something that they can that's in your vein, but something that they can use. And I always felt felt like that was an interesting take on networking. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting way of looking at it. Um, I remember doing a couple things like that, where I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna, you know, take certain parts out of this to make an edit, and et cetera, et cetera." But that was like way early on. Now I can like, you know, if I do a remix, it's like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. Like I'm taking it in my vein and then sending it back to them, you know. Um, but yeah, for the most part, um, early on, I would definitely. I mean, that's that's great remixing um, with skill or great remixing training. You know, you're taking like a different version. You're making a different version out of it. But yeah, that's a real interesting way of like looking at that. I've never really like heard that. It's like, hey, rework something and send it back to them. Because sometimes if you do that, yeah, people get mad. <laughs> people get real angry. Like, yeah, there's, yeah. Well, I'm not going to elaborate too much into that, but yeah. Right. I know <laughs> when, I, when I heard it, when I heard it, I was like, I know some people get mad when, when, when people do that. Oh, yeah. But I think if you already have sort of like a, if you meet this person, talk to them, and already have some sort of rapport to it, then it might go over a lot better, you know? Yeah, definitely. I don't mean like cold sending people, uh, you know, remixes of oh, their tracks. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So if you're cold sending people, I mean, if you are, if you're sending to the original person first, that's fine. But if you're like Kane in it, putting your mixes, people playing on the radio, and then that that person's like tune, you know. Right. It could be, uh, yeah, it could be touchy. Right, that can be touchy, but not like the I no the the idea of that advice was like to send it directly to the person that yeah. originally made it, you know, and it's yeah. for them to use, you know, and it'd be like, uh, you know, certain sort of, you know, it would be just sort of like a new take on their stuff that they can use in their set, yeah. you know. That makes total sense. Like that, that's, yeah. I mean, I've definitely done edits and send those off to people. Okay, you know, I didn't edit this tune at this tempo. Like, you know, I know you don't play this tempo, but, you know, I wanted to, like, be able to play my sets and so on and so forth. And, yeah, that's gone over quite well, actually. But, yeah, I thought you meant 
sending stuff off, like, just be like, hey, check out this edit very good no right (laughs) no i know i know all that stuff can be a little bit like touchy and annoying i I snoop through like soundcloud and like you know do like a search for my name or whatnot just to see if i had any if i missed anything and yeah i did the sample pack a while back and it was with uh teddy teddy mc and in the sample pack it has his name on the sample like on the samples right like but they kept, like, people that would use the vocal samples would put my name on it. So then I'd be hearing these, like, weird edits of, like, my tune or or these weird edits, either my tune or, like, their tune, and it says my name on it. Like, I, like, collaborated th- with them on it. And I'm like, uh, what is going on? And then I hear the vocal. I'm like, no, it's wrong. <laughs> I don't want to message, like, each and every single person and be like, hey, this is not me. This is Teddy MC. <laughs> Right, that's like that's like in the hip hop shit when like somebody like raps over like a Dilla beat and then labels it produced by Jay Dilla. Yeah, and I'm like, yo, uh, yeah, we know. A, <laughs> B, did you like get permission or did you just wanted to? Are you doing this for clout? Like, come on, like we know you like real hip hop, hip hop, but <laughs> relax. Right, there's a, there's a difference between like produced by Jay Della than saying this track is called so and so and it's over the raise it up beat. Yeah, like, say that. Do it like that. It's like oh cool, like you know, or just like don't even don't even like list it. Just like drop the beat and then rap over it. People know what raise it up is. Right, right. Right. But, just play the tune. Just, right. Just just just, just spit. Well, all these people go out of the way saying produced by Jay Dilla, produced yeah, by Just no, Blaze like, or whatever. I'm like, no, you're just rapping over one of their instrumentals. It's not yeah, produced. We know. <laughs> Been known that. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> all right, you mentioned before that, um, you know, uh, you definitely, you know, had some starts, you know, from those guys in Toronto, and then these days you've been staying in Vancouver, you know, Canada's been, you know, a good part of your career, you know, you know, what's been, what's been, you know, sort of the feel of, you know, living in Canada, working in Canada, you know, playing in Canada, you know, what sort of vibe you've been getting off of it? Um, There's a lot of bass music, especially in the West. Uh, So I'm with familiar ears very familiar ears. So be it they're listening to dubstep, they're listening to footwork, they're listening to like jungle, listening to drum and bass. It's like here, it's like here in Detroit, but like with bass music. Like, you know, and there's way more festivals. Like and they have a big sound system out there called PK. And PK is started in Calgary. I'm actually in Calgary, not in Vancouver. Oh okay, Calgary, okay. I go to Vancouver all the time, so... Yeah, I always, I always seem like you're always in Vancouver, so... I'm I... always there, so it's not even, like... Yeah, I can't even be like, oh, you actually tell me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, so that crew, like, PK, is out of Calgary, and they outfit literally all of Western Canada, like, in terms of, like, bass bins and everything, and their sound is loud. That's a sound system that, um, that Excision uses on tour, right? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. That's them. That shit so, crazy, man. Yeah, that's their whole rig. Like, I played on, you know, I'm talking 100-person venue with that rig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, yeah, man. Like, they, the, the bar owner's like, yeah, I love this stuff. Uh, I, ta- I put pieces of tape 
underneath the bottle so they don't shake off when the base is hitting. I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is insane. So yeah, there's like tons of that style of music happening, you know. Um, and like I said, there's festivals to match those, and they bring out not only people that I haven't heard of, or pe- they brought out people that I work with, and I get to see them and get to hang out with them, and you know, build up our either collaborative schedule or you know, make FaceTime. Some of these people I'm meeting for the first time, I've talked to them in like, you know, I've talked to them for like 10 years. I'm like finally meeting them in person. <laughs> so yeah, it's dope. It's like nice being up there, like I said, around familiar familiar ears. They, they know what's up. Right, right. What, what do you think, you know, and I like to always kind of uh, ask this when I uh, interview people, what is it that you feel like is about your life or career in music that you know people could sort of extract out of your story you know any lessons and sort of you know put it into their life you know learn from it uh don't give up (laughs) at all that's like the big one that's like you know and just keep working because you know just look at where you were a, a certain number of years back and go, do I want to go back to that position? <laughs> like, do I want to be there? Uh, no. So, yeah, for me, it was like, you know, I was here at my parents. Um, you know, I was kind of like working job here, job there, and then trying to finish school and all that stuff. So it's like, after school, it was like, okay, what do I do now? Do I like keep making more music or do I keep like building and stuff like that? It was a very lost place, you know? And even like, I can say right now, I'm going through like a big transitional kind of period with my music. I mean, not in a bad way, but in a very, very, like a really good way, you know? It's like more in the sense of like, hey, I'm 11 years in, like I made all these records, like, and people are, my phone's ringing hard <laughs> it's like where do i do i want to go back to you know kind of like twiddling my thumbs and figuring out what's going on or do i jump in this head first so it's like it's like i'm on a cliff and the water's like right below water's like right open and clear no rocks <laughs> it's like nice and deep <laughs> i can swim up get my bearings and then climb up that cliff again so yeah, just get a little deep, <laughs> get a little deep there. But yeah, that's like kind of where I'm at with it. It's like you just don't, don't stop. You know, just it, it's weird to me when people say, "Oh, I'm quitting music. I'm gonna quit music." It's like, well, you can't. One, it's like impossible. Right. It's always in there. It's always it's like you're always, always you're always thinking about it. Even my barber yesterday, he made this track. Um, and I loved it. And he was like, it was like a ghetto techie track. And, you know, he was talking about how people recognized it and all that. And one thing he said that was like really cool was like, yeah, you know, I don't really like, I haven't pursued it as much, but I'm like always making stuff. Like I'm always making music. And yeah, he's doing good as a barber. He's doing great as a barber. You know, he's crushing it, you know. But like, for the fact that he was like, yeah, I'm not 
gonna give up music completely and that was the one thing I said to him I was like yeah you can't quit music he's like yeah man I know that's like you, yeah anyone that says that it's like well you're gonna come back I've seen it happen <laughs> I've seen it happen with like huge names too they're just like oh you know we're calling it quits so take a break yeah take a break always but even during that break you're gonna find something that you gonna inspire you or at least make you get back to work not so much inspiration yeah, and I said find inspiration earlier, and I'm just like, wait, no, <laughs> inspirations for amateurs. Get back to work. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think that whole idea of just you you never quit, even if you're not pursuing it, you're still doing it. Is yeah. I, I I think people still need to understand that that's important. Yep, exactly. Like, don't make it, and don't make it seem like it's like this daunting task. It's like you're literally sitting down and putting sounds together. We're putting ideas together, you know, like think of it as like a notepad as, as much as a, uh, not as much as like, I'm going to make this fully polished and release master and going to hit all these charts and da 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 da. It's like, nah, just make stuff and the rest will happen. Yeah. Cause everybody's sort of, you know, everybody's different, you know, and I, and I just like to always, I want, I want to sort of get rid of that sort of stigma that it doesn't matter what the art is. It doesn't. You don't necessarily have to pursue it in the same way as another person pursues it. You know, if you're making it, that that's that's what counts. Yeah, because if you try, like that person's already ahead of you, right? That person's always going to be a step ahead of you, no matter what. Even the people I look up to, I'm like, hey, we ended up on the same labels, but it's like, yo, they were on it before you were. <laughs> they were young before you were. <laughs> yeah. Basically, like. So it's like, what what competition is like? Like, that's not a competition to have. You know, it's like you are here to like develop your own lane, especially if you're making music. There's so many musicians out there. There's so many people that are like still traveling the world and like playing these festivals and all that stuff, but they're doing it in their own space, in their own like type of, you know, uh, movement. There's, there, I mean, there are people that kind of click up and, uh, have their own groups and you know do their own collaborative efforts, but it's like power in numbers type of situation. But at the same time, each one of those people can break off and do their own thing. My favorite is Empire of the Sun, and uh, well, somewhat actually somewhat related because it is electronic music. Um, the band themselves does like rock and et cetera, et cetera. The guitarist is on DFA, I think. The drummer and the bassist do a house music thing together, and they played in Michigan before. Okay. Um, and I think um, the drummer, yeah, I think someone, one of the other guys. I, oh no, I think those three have their own projects, and then the two singers are obviously the frontmen for the band. But yeah, they all have their own separate projects going on, and their projects are really good, and they're like exceptional, you know. But they they know like they can work together but they can still make their create their own lines so that's important right and if you're someone who who's not necessarily comfortable yet with pursuing it but just wants to make stuff you never know at you know at one time coming up something just might work out and the stars align and yep. things start to happen yeah definitely i mean like i said looking back at like 11 years now like you know, another friend of mine. Actually, it's another friend of mine from Michigan. You know, you remember uh, Greg Samorthix? Uh, sounds familiar. Okay, 
he does a like with drum and bass too and he's still out here like he's still traveling around he goes to europe constantly and goes and lives out there and tours and etc cetera, etc cetera. but he was another person that was like i went to his house he used to live like maybe a 15 20 minute drive from me here in uh ipsy and um yeah, I used to go to his and just, like, get tips from him, get pointers and things like that. And, yeah, one day he was like, hey, once once he started hearing my music, he was like, hey, you should send it to this label. I told him about you. So we just, I, I just did, and that was it. That was, like, the start of it. And, yeah, it's just a matter of time. Like, you just can't, like, don't force it, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was, and uh, I always like to end my interviews with the same question, and I uh, gave it to you ahead of time to uh, think uh-huh. about it. And that question is, you know, who is somebody that's been a part of your life or career that I could realistically interview, and they would have some great stories and lessons to talk about? Yeah, uh, recently, I would definitely say Joe Nice. You should talk to Joe Nice for sure. He has, yeah, I, I just met him um, last year at uh, this festival called Base Coast, which is actually happening next, well, at the time of, yeah, at, at the time we're doing this, it's as, it starts next week, um, July 6th, so okay. July 6th, so um, he's going back there to play, and yeah, he's like dubstep, like he's the one that brought like the first wave of like the classic dubstep artists to the United States, um, and yeah, he's, really awesome dude he's got tons of stories tons of stories to talk about and like from travel to you know running this label we did a talk actually for this conference out in um alberta or out in calgary um yeah and we just talked for an hour about us and you know about what he's into and what he's been doing i'll have to send it to you and um yeah it was, it was really dope so yeah he's, he's a great choice especially right now in terms of who's around me. Definitely the brightest and loudest voice in the room. <laughs> <laughs> See, that, that, uh, that sort of first wave of, uh, of dubstep, the, you know, the OG shit that came from uh, the UK, like yeah. th- that stuff like, meant so much to me. It was so exciting to me. Yeah. Like, like that was like some of the stuff that I was kind of first getting into once I was branching off past like, hip-hop stuff. And I was like, this shit is so cool, man. It's so grimy and dirty. And then a lot of the, if you think about, if you listen to all that shit right now, you know, 10 to 15 years later, it still sounds fresh. Yeah, exactly. It's still new. It still has that time of sound to it. Which is funny, like, I didn't, and, you know, like, full disclaimer, like, I didn't really, I don't know a lot of dubstep. So it's like, you know, people teaching me stuff constantly or people showing me stuff constantly like i told you about the five kind of genres that i listen to and try to stay within that realm but then all dub stuff is like pulling from that from those five things right so it's like yeah so i'm like i said i'm still learning and kind of like learning about who's who and then i've seen some artists move from like drum and bass and go into dub stuff and yeah, they've been quite successful. They've been making great music. It's you know, even if they were making drum and bass before, even and that stuff was great. They switched over and did something else, and yeah, they, you know, they're still moving along with it. So, and 
being friends with Joe, it's been a good like teaching experience. Um, listening to his stuff and you know while he'd be playing, he like plays on, he cuts acetates basically, he cuts uh, dub plates, and um, yeah, I would like run up to him like, what is that? And he's like, look here, he hand me he hand me the sleeve like has it written on the sleeve he's like there's that there's that, so and it turned out to be like a friend of mine. I'm like oh shit, <laughs> I can go like yeah I can go hit him up and be like give me that tune. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do with it, but I want to listen to it. It's right. sick. Right. I remember back then, I think, um, I, I just happened to like catch some stuff online, but I think my first real education of a lot of the stuff actually came from, uh, from Tad Mullinex. Um, yeah. I remember I was interviewing him around 2004, 2005-ish for his 2-3 album. And yeah. when I left his crib, he just gave me a bunch of like mix CDs. And um, one of them, was, a couple of them were like just straight up dubstep like mix CDs from uh, I'm not I don't think he did them um I think they were just from like um some of like the major crews at that time and I was mm. like this shit is fucking fantastic man yeah. and I just fell in love with it after that yeah they've got their they have their ear to the ground to that proper and you know listening like Tad do that and Todd do that I was just like yo and, and like I said it was so you know, they, they either, if they're making it, that's amazing. If they're playing it, like, you know, I, I'm just all ears. It's just like, I'm not looking for track listings or anything like that. It's like, yo, it's just good. I just trust them. I trust their judgment on their, you know, from the start to the finish of the mix. So, Right. Really cool. Like, yeah, we cats like, you know, Tad and Todd, like, dude, they just like, they just find like the craziest, just underground type jungle drum and bass shit. Yep. And I'm like, sometimes I'll, I remember one time, um, I, I had, um, they had posted the recording of one of, T uh, uh, Todd Osborne's, uh, sets for movement. And, yeah. And there was this one part I was just, it was blowing my mind. So I just happened to have it on my iPod and I ran into him. I'm like, dude, what is all of this? He, and it was like 10 minutes long of him playing like five straight current value tracks <laughs> <laughs> and, nice and i was just like but but he like he, he mixed like five in a row and we in 10 minutes and it was just yeah. like crazy and i'm just like then i went and listened to all the current value stuff and i'm like dude this guy is crazy man it's, yeah and that was just a whole other like pandora's box that opened for me yep like and all that weird shit yeah a friend of mine from um kalamazoo uh for those that are listening, it's uh, half. It's, it's basically the other side of Michigan <laughs> when you're heading towards Chicago. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, he went by Spectrum, and he was good friends with uh, Current Value, and he was actually signed. That was a that was another person too. It's like all the inspirations are coming out, telling talking about all of them. Um, he was he was I think about two years younger than me. He's two years younger than me, and. Um, yeah, he had a couple records out, and then we met at Movement um, when Diesel Boy and Fotech and all those guys were playing. I think it was 2007, and um, yeah, we just were randomly standing next to each other. I was like, "Hey, what's up? Like, you're here. What's good? Like, you know, we exchange info, and then we ended up at some weird mansion party that night, and then we ended up all going to the same place, and we just stayed in touch." 
and yeah, went from there. And he's been a good friend of mine ever since. So it's like he played, that was all his way. And he got me into it. So yeah, I'm with you on the current value. <laughs> it's it's so good. Like it's still good to this day. Like I'll find, uh, I'll be looking through my files and I'll just find it randomly and just put it on. Just sit there and like zone out. I'm like, yeah. Right, and these days I um I I, I listen to um uh, what's uh, what's the uh, oh the no- noisier radio podcast their weekly uh-huh. show and they've been playing recent current value stuff and it's still yep. dope. Yep, it's still dope. Uh, he just put out something on Doc Scott's label Thirty One, which is like awesome, with you know because this is the current value that was like they used to call it pots and pans, but I I didn't call it. It's 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 dope music. It's very dope. Like, um, yeah, very well, well placed. It, it sounded it had a techno industrial sound to it, or like a metal sound to it. And um, yeah, for him to like do that and then go to do like a whole EP for Doc Scott, like that's yeah, that that's prolificness in its finest form for sure. <laughs> cool. Uh, before we get out of here, um. Who, what are some of the, you know, like the good sort of drum and bass or like drum and bass adjacent labels these days? Um, well, shouts to the big plug, Exit. Yeah, Exit's dope. <laughs> Exit's dope. Like, you know, I, not even saying that like, you know, because I'm on it, it's saying that like, I've been listening to them or it was just listening to Deepridge's like, label him when he was doing bad company and all that and i found out about exit and i was like yo this sounds you know very it had a detroit sound to it and funny enough because you know his brother you know his brother is who's his brother uh steve spacek oh okay all right yeah yeah so like it was like one of the first tunes i heard was this tune called last straw that has spacek on it but i didn't put two and two together because i knew spacek stuff but I know D, I knew Deebridge stuff, but I thought they were just like, hey, let's make a tune together, you know, throw some vocals on it. And no, that's, that's his blood brother. <laughs> yeah. So, like, um, you know, that was really inspirational for me. And it helped me kind of, like, shape. To It taught me to be different being on Exit or just, like, listening to Exit, you know. Everything that there was no there were no two tunes that were, like, similar on, like, any of those releases. So um, that was a big one. Um, she's really, really popping right now. Um, that I'm playing a ton of. That's interesting. Like in terms of, yeah, you're talking. Oh, 2020, obviously. Yeah. It's funny because it's like the label somewhere. <laughs> so it sounds strange. Um, but at the same, like I, I believe in all of these labels. So it's like, yeah, like I said, Ivy Lab, what they're doing right now. I, I I saw it coming. I, I could say it that way. I definitely saw it coming with them. Because oh I yeah, definitely. You were telling me about them years ago, man. Yeah, yeah. I knew about them separately. Like they were saying, hey, we're getting into this new sound. Check it out. And I was like, this is really dope. You're really onto something. And here they are. They're like top of the game in general. Top of the food chain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That was like. Pretty much it. Like, I'm just in terms of that, in, in drum and bass adjacent too, um, there's Fresh Moon out of San Antonio. Um, 
uh, there's Free Love Digi out of like Arizona. There's a lot of like cool American labels that are doing some really dope stuff. There's like Worst Behavior in like New York with like um, yeah, um, this lady Anna Morgan and um, Isabel or this other lady Isabel that's like running all of it. And yeah, they threw they just had a show out with like Mom Dance and like um, I think Stars and a bunch of other people played. And yeah, it was it was dope. Like a lot of this, there's a lot of crossover happening, and um, yeah, it's nice to see that. Awesome, man! It's been great talking with you, man. Like always. Yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, you know, if anybody wants to listen to your stuff, purchase anything, get more information about about Sinistar, where can they uh, go? You can Google me. One hundred percent. You can literally Google Sinistar. Everything's up there. I'm on Twitter. Facebook, I'm on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, you name it, like I'm on it basically. Friendster, like LimeWire, BearShare, Kazaa, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 6 Degrees, uh, <laughs> uh, what, uh, what, what, Friendster, uh, Friendster, yeah. Uh, fucking MySpace, and uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I need a Black Planet play, play, uh, Black Planet page. Yeah, you can find <laughs> your page. <laughs> mi gente, my mi gente. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nah, yeah, I'm on. Like, just look me up. Definitely, that's the best way to do it. Just look me up on like Google me. Everything's there. Cool, man. All right, man. It's been great talking with you, man. Absolutely. So, yeah, I will uh, talk to you very soon. So that was my interview with Sinistar. Like always, there's more information on the show notes for this episode at freshestpodcast.com. And now to the freshest word, fresh pick of the week. This week's pick was actually mentioned by Sinistar during our interview on this episode. It's the inaugural compilation by Worst Behavior, the music label and event series founded by Anna Morgan and Bell Curve out in New York. As they put it, Worst Behavior pays homage to the sound system culture. And the Worst Behavior Volume 1 compilation is everything that I tend to love about the sort of alternative lanes that dance music and bass music have headed in recent times. Whether it's footwork or halftime drum and bass, there's all these different ideas sprouting out these days from classic genres in electronic music and breathing some new life into it all. Worst Behavior Volume 1 is a taste of those ideas, and it shows that Anna Morgan and Bell Curve have a great vision of things to come. There's more information on the show notes also on Worst Behavior, on where you can listen to the compilation and follow them online. So that's it for another episode of Fresh is the Word. Thank you for listening. And before we get out of here, let me uh, just remind you how you can support the podcast. You can always go to freshisthepodcast.com and share any links that you see on the website and any of your social media platforms. You can also subscribe to Fresh is the Word on a variety of platforms on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, Google Play, and TuneIn. Just go to any of those websites, type in Fresh is the Word, and it should come up. And if you'd like to, please rate and review the podcast on any of those platforms, especially Apple Podcasts. It would definitely help out with the, the growth of the show. And if I do see that there's a review posted, I'll definitely talk about it on air. 
And you can uh, follow me online at Twitter and Instagram at Kelly Omega Fresh and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash KFresh. And you can follow Fresh is the Word on any of the social media platforms on Twitter at FITW Podcast, on Instagram at Fresh is the Word Podcast, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Fresh is the Podcast, and on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash Fresh is the Word Podcast. Well, that's it for another episode of Fresh is the Word. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Goodbye and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.